Welcome to Digital Disciple on Anchor.fm. My name is Sean. And I'm Andrea. You can call her Digital. And you Disciple. On today's episode. Welcome to another episode of Digital Disciple. I am Sean. Today we're going to be looking at the power of the tongue. So I got a little experiment for you to do. If you could open your mouth, okay, open it wider, open it really wide. Now stick out your tongue and grab it with your right hand. Today we're going to be looking at the power of the tongue. This small muscle It lets you taste food. It lets you sing songs. And with it, we can praise God and we can sing worship songs. We can encourage each other and share the gospel. We can lead others to the Lord. Taste and see that the Lord is good, right? We can pray out loud to our God. Ask God for his help, his direction, his wisdom. Help us to grow in our walks and character. We can pray for others. We can pray for ourselves. We can pray with others. And yet... We stumble in many ways when it comes to this small little muscle in our body. James talked in James about the tongue in James 3, verses 2 through 10. It says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body with these small bits. Look at the look at ships. We also they're so large and they're driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it boasts such great things. See how great a forest a little kindle, a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. And it sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed, and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and our Father, and we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men. Who have we been who we've been made in the similitude of God? Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. So think about it. That's a lot to think about it when it comes to your tongue. Um, if you truly think about it, it almost makes you not want to speak. Makes you not want to offer advice to a friend. Oh, let me give you some advice about what you did or what you shouldn't do. You know, Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so often we, we tell people, well, if I was you, I would. If I, you know, if I, if I were in your shoes, I would do this. I think so often we need to make sure that the words that we speak are truly coming from the heart of God. Otherwise, we're going to hurt that person. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you caught it, but it talked about in uh, James 3 verse 8, it talked about it being a deadly poison. And so you're trying to offer help to your friend. You're trying to give medicine to your friend. You're trying to assist your friend. And yet the tongue is a deadly poison. And if you're not careful, 
you're going to poison your friend and you're going to poison your relationship with your friend. And so I want to encourage you to really think before you speak, really pray before you speak, really seek the Lord and ask the Lord, are these things that I'm about to speak, are they thoughtful? Are they helpful? Are they inspired by you? Are they necessary? Is it absolutely necessary for me to share this with my friend? And are these words kind? Are your words filled with love? And you can actually go into 1 Corinthians chapter 13, scripture that most people read at weddings, and it says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love is not jealous. That's what that word envy means. It does not parade itself. It's not boasting. You're not boasting about yourself. It's not puffed up. It's not proud. Okay. So think before you speak and just, you know, think of that simple scripture. Love does not behave rudely, which basically means you're not putting somebody down. Love does not seek its own. You don't have something you're trying to obtain from that person while you're speaking. Yeah, you need to truly bless others without getting anything back in return. Love is not provoked. And so often we are provoked in our flesh and we are provoked to the point of anger where we cuss and we say things that we shouldn't say. Uh, love thinks no evil. So it doesn't think anything harsh towards others. It's not judgmental. It's not mean. Love does not rejoice in inequity. We're not rejoicing in the sins of others. It does not rejoice in when somebody falls short into sin, but it rejoices in the truth. If it, things that spoken that you're about to speak to that person are true and it bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things and endures all things. Love never fails. And I would say if you would take your words and you'd filter them through first Corinthians 13 before you speak to somebody, I would think you're, you're doing a great justice to that person, to that friend. You're truly putting their needs first. If you have advice or wisdom for someone else, ask yourself, is this wisdom from God? Is God telling you to share it with them? Have you prayed about it before you, you're about to speak to them? Have you truly heard from God? Do you have a Bible verse? Or are you just filled with your own words? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Or are you just full of yourself? Ask yourself, again, another, another key verse would be Galatians 5, through 23, to check and see if you're walking in the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. As we just looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace. It's long-suffering. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's faithfulness. It's gentleness. And it's self-control. Against such, there is no love. If you're prayed up, if you're filled up with the Holy Spirit, if you've heard the voice of God telling you to share with your friend, then go ahead and speak. But just remember, we want to help our friend be molded into the image of Christ, not into our image. We don't want to have anybody resemble us. That's not going to get them to heaven. Anything else is a fake. Anything else is a fraud besides Jesus. We need to strive to be like Jesus, and we need to point others to the cross. We need to point them to the Lord. Let us agree to use our tongues for the glory of God. Use it to build others up and encourage others that we could walk like, walk and talk like Jesus. We could sing like Jesus, sing and pray, sing praises and encourage like Jesus. And even when we are called to lovingly rebuke someone, that we would do it in love, as we saw in 1 Corinthians 13. That we don't use, we, we shouldn't use profanity. And we shouldn't want people to be molded in, in our image or in our opinion of how we think they should look and act. But we need to, we need to pray that we can speak as the Holy Spirit moves and leads us. So we're going to look at a character in the Bible, 
and I say a character because he is definitely a character, we're going to look at the life of Peter. And, uh, you know, we all struggle with our tongue. Peter tended to struggle with his tongue quite a bit. Um, We can offer praises like Peter did. That's a good example of seeing how the tongue can be used for good. But we're also going to look at how Peter, not intentionally, but still used his tongue for evil. So in Matthew 16, verse 15, it says, Jesus said to them, But who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And shortly after, Jesus is about to predict his death and his resurrection. In Matthew 16, verse 21, we pick it up. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Well, Peter, he took Jesus aside and he began to rebuke him and say, far be it from you, Lord. Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. So Peter rebuked the Lord. One second, he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he's praising God. And the next, in boldness, he's rebuking the Lord in his flesh. We need to think and pray before we speak, before we offer advice to others, even when they are well-intentioned. Check your heart. Are the words you're about to speak from God or are they from your flesh as you're about to rebuke someone? If the words are I, me, if I were you, those things are filling your mouth. It might not be from God. Pray and ask God to give you the words to speak. Peter battled with his tongue a little bit more. Um, We're just going to look at a few more examples. John 6, verse 67 through 69. And Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter is offering praise and worship to Jesus. It's, a, it's beautiful. When, when the words are coming from the Holy Spirit and they're inspired by God, they build others up. They lift people up. Look how it lifts Jesus up. You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. It is bringing him God glory. Well, later on, as uh, Jesus predicts Peter's denial... Jesus basically is talking to disciples and he says, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you in Galilee. Peter answered and said, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if, I, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. So everybody at this point got on the bandwagon with Peter. But we all know how it turned out. Sure enough, Peter was cussing like a non-believer, like a, like a heathen or a sinner. And he denied the Lord three times. And sure enough, he heard the rooster crow. We can use our tongues like Peter and we can give praise to God. Honestly, it's a great example of something we want to duplicate. You know, you are the Christ. You are the son of God. We can use our tongues to praise God or we can use it to deny Christ 
and use profanity. We can use it for evil and put others down. We can use our tongue to tear down those people that we're called to love, but God desires us to use even our tongues for his glory. God wants to use us. He wants he wants us to use our tongues for more than just tasting our favorite foods. He wants us to to use our tongues for more than just singing worldly lyrics that we've known our whole entire life. He wants us to use our tongues to speak life into others. If you think about it, we're all called to the Great Commission. You guys know the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I commanded them. And lo, I am with you to the ends of the age. Amen. We're all called to the Great Commission. We're all called to go. And maybe we're not going to go to another country, but we're going to go to another world, our world, our neighbors, our friends, the people we work with, our families, and we're going to share the gospel with them. And so often we can share the good news or we can share that deadly poison with them. And so we need to strive to try and share the good news and represent God rightly. Basically, if you don't have anything nice to say, you probably shouldn't say anything. James 3 talks about the tongue, how one second we can praise our God and the next second we can curse our brother who is made in the image of God. The Bible says no later that we're not supposed to let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouth except what is acceptable to God. That's going to be found in, you're looking at Ephesians 4, verse 29. It talks, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Uh, Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Our tongues, again, can be a powerful tool in the hand of God, or they can be used for destruction. They can destroy our relationship with others. And so we have to strive. We have to strive to allow our tongue to be used for the glory of God. We have to strive, you know, and run that race with endurance and trust God to use us and speak the words of life that he wants us to speak into others. If you don't have anything nice to say, again, just keep that in the back of your mind. Don't say anything. Just wait, pause, think about it. It says in Ecclesiastes 5, verse 3, it says, A fool's voice is known by his many words. In Proverbs 17, it says, He who has knowledge spares his words. And a man of understanding is calm of spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. In uh, chapter 10 of Ecclesiastes, verse 12, it says, Words from a wise person's mouth are beneficial, but fools are devoured by their own lips. Fools start out talking foolishness, and they end up speaking awful nonsense. Fools talk too much. It's actually the common English version of the Bible. Sometimes we speak words that are not kind, that we can't take back. We get carried away by our tongues, by our thoughts, by our emotions and our anger. It may be hard for others to forgive us for the things that we say in our anger and in our sin. Sometimes even when we, when we joke, we tear others down. We say after, I was just kidding. I didn't really mean that. But in our heart, we tore our brother down. The tongue is a deadly, deadly poison. It's not something that you would play with. Um, you wouldn't allow a young child to play with bleach or some other kind of poison underneath the sink in your kitchen. 
I think of other types of poison. I think of a cobra snake and what father who loves their child would allow them to grab the neck of this deadly snake and be poisoned. But yet we allow poison to come so often out of our mouths into the lives of those people that we love. It shouldn't be so. And we need to use our, our tongues to praise and glorify God. Um, when you do mess up, and again, I say when, because eventually you're going to say something that you regret. When you do mess up, I want you to still go and apologize. When you do blow it, you have, you have some humble pie. Go and ask your friend to forgive you. Use your tongue again for good. Ask for forgiveness. Repeat these words after me. I am sorry. I am sorry. These words have healing in them. So often we tear others down and we don't apologize and we don't see what we did as being wrong. If we truly think about where we were at at that moment, we may admit to ourselves that we were angry and we probably said something that we shouldn't have said, but do we actually apologize to those people that were called to love? I would encourage you to say you're sorry, use those words and pray. Pray before you apologize even. Go, Lord, please, I'm about to apologize for some of the dumb things I just said. I'm about to lose my friend. I'm about to lose my wife. I'm about to lose my kids. Whatever the scenario is and ask God to, to fix it. Ask him to restore that relationship because of the things you said and did. So here's what I want you to do. With your tongue, I want you to look at Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if anything is praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Let those things be the things that come out of your mouth. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Ephesians 5, 19 through 20 talks about speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Really look at that verse, speaking to one another in psalms. So read the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is a book of songs that King David wrote. It's basically David, as he's walking through his journey with God, he's recording in song the things that are happening in his life. He's praising God. He's crying out to God. He's asking God for help. He's questioning God about why things are happening in the world that are happening around him. We need to, to do these things. We need to sing to each other, speak to each other in these Psalms, in these praiseworthy things, these things that bring God glory, you know, it's not, it's not a sin to question what's going on in your life. It's not a sin to talk to, to God or talk to others about hard topics, but it is a sin when it starts becoming destructive, when it starts becoming bitter, when people start becoming angry, it becomes wrong. And I, th I think if you really look at this verse and you see, we're supposed to talk to each other, each other with Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, which we pretty much know those almost as the same things. And we're singing, making melody in our heart. We're making beautiful music in our hearts. Our hearts are not filled with anger and rage. And we're giving thanks. In, in these things, we're giving thanks to God always for all the things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
when we speak, we should we can, we should consider like we talked about earlier, 1 Corinthians 13 again, just to see if those things are from God. If you have any advice or wisdom for someone, ask yourself again if that wisdom has come from God. And if you've pray, and if you've prayed up and you're filled up with the Holy Spirit and you've heard the voice of God telling you to share, then go ahead and share. But as I've grown older, I definitely have learned to be a little more patient, wait on things before I send that email or that text out to somebody while I'm angry, you know, while I'm filled with emotions, while I'm filled with uncertainty or disappointment, I'll tend to stop myself and just wait and just sit back a little bit. I might even type it up. I might type it up in a note on my, on my computer or on my phone and I might have it there, and I, but I just didn't send it. And honestly, as you take the time to, to seek the Lord and you take the time to process what's happened and you bring it before God, God will bring that peace into your heart and he will direct you and tell you which words to speak and which words not to speak to that individual. And I can tell you the words that will be left, if you will do this, if you will seek God in the midst of what's going on, when you're upset with somebody, when you're disappointed, if you will seek God and ask him for wisdom on what to say or what to do, I'm telling you, you will find peace for your soul. You will find find joy in it. And after the fact, after you know you've written this long letter about how you feel about this person or feel about what they did or what they said, you'll be thankful you didn't send it. I guarantee. Just take me up on this one. I can guarantee this is something I'm being humble with you right now. It's something I've struggled with over the years. You know, you want to make sure you you share your heart and you tell everybody how you feel about a certain thing. But the Bible talks about the heart and it says the heart is wicked above all else. And so you got to be careful when you want to share your heart with somebody. So let's agree to use our tongues for the glory of God. Use it to build others up, to encourage others. That we, would, that we would talk like Jesus, that we'd sing like Jesus and encourage like Jesus, that we would not use profanity, that we would not allow profanity or profane jokes to come out of our mouths, and we'd use it to, to help people to grow in their relationship with God. Now let's offer some praise to God. Let's sing a worship song. Let's read a Bible verse out loud. Let's praise God with our tongue and use it for the glory and honor of God. So I'm just going to read a couple Psalms, and I want you just to meditate on these as I read them to you. Psalm 63, verse 3 through 4 says, Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. Psalm 106, verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. I give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Psalm 135, verse 3 says, Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name, for it is pleasant. Psalm 146, 1 through 2 says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praises to my God as long as I live. God bless you guys. And just know that God is, God is with you. God cares about you. God has a perfect plan for your life. And even in this failure that we're all going to fail in, in this, this one small muscle that at times we feel controls our whole entire body, we can have control over. We can have self-control. Remember, the fruit, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. And uh, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. 
Again, these are words of encouragement found in Numbers 6, verse 24 through 26. We can use our tongue to encourage and build each other up and give each other hope. There's so much destruction, so much stuff going on in the world today. And uh, I just pray that you would use your tongues for God's glory. Use it for good, not for evil. Use it to encourage a friend. Use it to use it to make a podcast. Use it to share the gospel. Use it to pray and seek wisdom from God, to seek his strength, to use even your tongue for his glory and his story. A good friend of ours, Pastor David, has a, has a ministry, uh, or uh, I should say a, a YouTube channel called Watch Your Lip. It's a, more of a fishing kind of fishing ministry. He's got a love for butterflies and bugs, but he's also got a love for fishing. And uh, it's called Watch Your Lip on YouTube. Go ahead and take a look at that. He's got some really incredible videos that he's done while he's gone fishing. And, uh, you know, I want to encourage you next time you're about to say something you shouldn't, to say something that's not very smart, not very bright. Think about it and bite that lip. I want to thank you for taking the time to join us on the Digital Disciple Podcast. And uh, if you would take the time with me just now and pray, why don't we just seek the Lord? Dear Father, I just pray for everybody that's listening. I pray, Lord God, that you would use our lives, even our tongues, for your glory, Lord God. You'd allow us to speak life into others, God. You'd allow us to encourage and build up the body of Christ. Father, as so many are battling depression, as so many are dealing with loss of loved ones, Father, during this time with COVID, Father God, we just pray that we could breathe life into their, their life, Father God, that we would point them to you, Lord God. Father, it's not about us, it's about you. And if we are trying to point others or make them into the image that we think they should be or make them like us, we're not doing them any justice. Lord God, let us point others to you. And Father, may we fulfill the the great commission, Lord God. May we go and make disciples. May we go and share your good news, Father, with this world. Father, may you bring revival in the world around us. And we ask and pray this in the loving name of Jesus. Amen. more information, go to www.mydigitaldisciple.com. Amen. Um.